from the authors of Author Masterminds. This is Mysterious. Mystery surrounds us every day. Join us and listen to true stories of mystery, from human behavior to nature and the physical environment to paranormal experiences. The stories are true, even if we can't explain them. When I hear the words, ghost and Christmas, I automatically think about my favorite Christmas story, A Christmas Carol, by Charles Dickens and Scrooge's nightmare evening of being visited by ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. But did you know other Christmas ghost stories aren't so full of hope and the spirit of the season? You may not, since hauntings are far from most people's minds during Christmas. Some creepy paranormal occurrences tied to Christmas revolve around certain places that, for one reason or another, become haunted at Christmas time and have been so for a long time. England has several such hauntings. So today we are traveling across the pond to the shores of the United Kingdom. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers. I love mysteries of all kinds, but my favorite are of the supernatural variety. My writing reflects my passion. The oldest conflict in the world, good versus evil, is the center of my books. When I was a child, it wasn't uncommon to hear stories in my family about rocking chairs that moved by themselves, a room in our grandparents' farmhouse no one slept in because a spirit would appear at night, or encounters with evil by friends of the family. Because these stories are related to me, by people I knew and trusted, I became interested in hauntings. Which brings me to the topic of this episode. In the early 18th century, highwaymen were notorious and feared in the English countryside. They robbed whoever came their way, and sometimes the robbery went more violently than necessary. Hawkehurst House, some of the more notorious gangs and smugglers at the time, making the place feared along the English coast, namely the Hawkehurst Gang. The Hawkehurst Gang was a criminal organization involved in smuggling throughout southeast England from 1735 until 1749. This infamous gang of the early 18th century extended their influence from Hawkehurst to their base in Kent and along the south coast, where they successfully raided the Custom House in Poole, England. Named after the village of Hawkehurst, the gang was first mentioned as the Holkehurst Gang in 1735. The gang was based in the Oak and Ivy Inn in Hawkehurst. A secondary headquarters was the Mermaid Inn in the town of Rye, where they would sit with their loaded weapons on the table. Many local legends and folklore are based on the alleged network of tunnels built by this gang. However, many hidden cellars and remote barns could have been used for storage so it is unlikely that tunnels would have been needed during that period when large armed gangs operated openly, often riding through the large, larger towns in daylight. Unlike other gangs, the Hawkehurst gang left its mark through the centuries into the present day after its demise in the way of a haunting. The story occurs on a road named for the infamous thieves. Hawkehurst Road is an ordinary road like any other in the area, with one exception. On one dark Christmas Eve in the 18th century, A notorious highwayman named Gilbert stopped a horse-drawn carriage carrying a man and his daughter. According to the tale, 
the bandit ordered the father and daughter to step out of the carriage so he could strip them of their possessions and valuables. The horses spooked and galloped away before he could get to the father, leaving the daughter alone with this murderous thief. To make matters worse, the girl realized the same highwayman had stopped her brother's carriage and murdered him in cold blood a year earlier. This young woman was no victim. When she recognized Gilbert, she refused to see such a fate befall herself. Enraged and afraid, she pulled a knife from her bag and lashed out, plunging the implement deep into Gilbert's side. As the highwayman clutched his bleeding wound, the daughter ran into the surrounding wilderness without looking back. Some time later, the coach returned to find the highwayman sprawled out along the side of the road in blood-saturated mud, having succumbed to his wounds. The father and others returned and unceremoniously buried him on the same spot in the shallow, unmarked grave. Supposedly, they found the daughter cowering amongst the moon-touched trees, and she was stark, raving insane. Locals say the tall, shadowy form of a highwayman, Gilbert, stalks the road to this day, terrifying motorists. Every Christmas Eve, that fateful night plays out again and again, as if on an eternal loop, perhaps imbued into the very location itself and only visible on this one night. A hunt for East Anglia's most haunted house will undoubtedly include a visit to a strange Tudor-style mansion on the outskirts of Beckley's. In fact, some ardent ghost hunters regard Roos Hall, sometimes called Rose Hall, as the most haunted house in England. Built in the 16th century, it is an imposing building. It was owned by the Suckling family in the 17th century, having been bought by Sir John Suckling in 1600. On Suckling's death, Roos Hall was inherited by Sir Alexander Temple who was Suckling's brother-in-law, in lieu of repayment of a debt, but was later repurchased by the family. It subsequently passed to the Rich family following the marriage between Sir John Suckling's widow and Sir Edwin Rich. Some say it has an indefinable, eerie ambiance. To add to this atmosphere, it is said to have the devil's footprint imprinted on one of its cupboards. Across the lawn, about 100 feet from the driveway, stands a giant oak tree, with a fence preventing anyone from getting too close to its girthy trunk. The reason for the tree's fencing off is because of its local historical significance, which leads me to one of Roos Hall's petrifying tales. Before the tree was planted many centuries ago, a gibbet, a type of scaffold, stood in its place. A gibbet was once a form of public execution which involved the unfortunate person being locked in a metal cage and left to die from exposure to the elements. The gibbet on the grounds of Roos Hall facilitated the deaths of hundreds of local criminals and was eventually replaced by the oak tree, which served the same purpose, but by way of hanging. Perhaps the tree contributes to the many ghost stories originating from Roos Hall. It's said that on occasion, a lady dressed in white can be seen at the spot where she died, walking around the tree six times in an attempt to summon the devil. Far away from the tree and facing the building itself, visitors have reported being startled by the face of a young, pale girl who creepily appears in one of the upstairs windows. She is seen waving from the window. It, it is also reported that a phantom hound prowls the grounds. But the most exciting and frightening haunting occurs on Christmas Eve. Legend is that every Christmas Eve, the intimidated presence of a ghostly phantom coach 
pulled by four snorting jet black horses will manifest out of the thin air in the night and speed down the road and up the estate's driveway. The male phantom is missing his head in the driver's seat. This supernatural movie plays the following Christmas Eve again. The coach never makes a sound, and it vanishes just before reaching the hall proper. The identity of this headless coach driver, and why he should appear only on Christmas Eve upon a carriage pulled by demonic black horses, is a mystery. Still, it has become a famous piece of paranormal legend in the area. Let me pause for a moment. If you enjoy stories about the unexplained and supernatural forces, I invite you to read my latest book and take a journey through Andalusia Forest. Andalusia is a theme park that once bustled with excitement, but now lies abandoned, steeped in mysterious legends and tales of hauntings. This once-beloved destination is still imbued with a captivating allure, a magnet for both treasure seekers and the curious. In this intriguing setting, a tenacious ghost hunter, Chloe Melbourne, teams up with the adventurous iconoclast trio of Cat, Ken, and Bart. What starts as a straightforward mission to locate a missing friend quickly becomes an exploration of the forest's deeper secrets. No longer home to the whimsical creatures that once danced in the minds of its audience, Andalusia Forest reveals chilling truth hidden in its shadows. Why not embark on this exciting journey? The gates are open for those willing to venture into the unknown. You're invited to discover the enigmatic, entities that inhabit these haunted woods. With a balanced blend of whimsy and reality, the tale of Andalusia Forest offers a thrilling yet measured experience. So take a bold step and let the answers reveal themselves through your exploration. Andalusia Forest awaits. Will you heed the call? Andalusia Forest is now available for purchase on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and where good books are sold. Check the show notes for the links. The historic Hever Castle, located in the rolling, idyllic countryside of Hever, Kent, has its own Christmas haunting. But before I delve into this Christmas haunting, I want to note several reported hauntings that occur at other times. The first is a rather unpleasant male spirit known to stomp around with a disapproving look on his face and grunt in disgust. This rude spirit is known to bang on walls and slam doors. No one knows who this ghost is or what he is so angry about. It suggested that those touring Hever Castle avoid this spirit if encountered. The second ghost is that of a horse galloping through the long gallery at full speed. He vanishes right before crashing through the wall. That could give a person a bump in the night type of heart rate increase. These stories bring me to the famous haunting of Hever Castle, and it only happens at Christmas. And first, some history, of course. Hever Castle was built around... 1270 as a walled-in country house surrounded by a moat. Between 1462 and 1539, it was the residence of the rich and powerful Bolin family, later known as the Bolin family. The original owner, Henry Bolin's son Thomas, changed his name to Thomas Bolin. He married Elizabeth Howard, the daughter of the Duke of Norfolk. The two had a daughter named Anne Bolin who would create a major scandal at the time and who lies at the root of the castle's paranormal shadowing. Anne's sister Mary infamously began to have an affair with King Henry VIII, married to Catherine of Aragon. By all accounts, the king was unhappy with his marriage to Catherine. 
So he began his affair with Mary. Boring of Mary, the king chose to pursue Anne. Anne spurned his advances and told the king he must divorce Catherine in order to marry her. The king, allegedly obsessed with Anne, wrote her dozens of love letters. He continued to profess his undying love to her. The king continued to work on divorce from Catherine. While waiting for the divorce, King Henry made Anne the Marchioness of Pembroke and gave her money, royal lodgings, and much else. Anne eventually gave in to his advances. She became pregnant with King Henry's child. They secretly married in 1533, and then she did become queen. The two had their child, Elizabeth, and continued to defy all those who wanted to see them separated and who called her coronation an abomination. Unfortunately for Anne, King Henry VIII was soon chasing skirts again. A bridesmaid at their wedding, named Jane Seymour, was one of them. To make matters worse, numerous rumors surfaced that Anne was sleeping around with everything that moved, including an inappropriate relationship with her brother, and the king began to believe it. King Henry had Anne arrested, charged with treasonous adultery, and beheaded in 1536 at the Tower of London. Hever Castle had many different owners, including the famous American millionaire William Waldorf Astor in 1903, before finally becoming, excuse me, before finally coming to Broadland Properties Limited. They have put it on public display. Through all the changes in ownership, one resident has remained the same through the centuries, Anne Boleyn herself. According to the book Haunted Castles of Britain and Ireland by Richard Jones, and for reasons not entirely clear, Anne's spectral form appears every Christmas Eve upon the bridge on the property that spans the River Eden. The apparition slowly floats toward the castle, perhaps trying to come home from some other place, but fades, then vanishes before reaching the castle doors. The manifestation repeats yearly. So, my friends, if you are looking to visit England during Christmas and have a paranormal encounter, you are in luck. Happy ghost hunting. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please check out the show notes. You will find links to the Author Mastermind store and Readers and Writers Book Club. You will also find more about me and where to acquire my books, including my newly released fifth book, Andalusia Forest, now available for purchase on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and where good books are sold. You might want to check out this new one if you enjoy supernatural thrillers with a cozy undertone. I hope you will. Thanks for listening. Until next time, may the sun always be on your face, the wind at your back, and the good Lord walk beside you.